Um, geez, to be honest, I, I will not lie. Like, that's that's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, flat out. The While specifically talking about the degree at, at UCT. But, for example, like, maybe when you hear your parents saying that, you know, they're going to South Africa, which is, like, just next door, to do groceries. You know, you're like, well, that's a... That's a pretty long grocery trip, you know? That's a... <laughs> Every day is a battle in a way, and a lot of the time you're battling yourself. I, I built it basically, I, I, I controlled a mobile robot using VR. Um, yeah, using VR. So basically I, I set up... I don't want to say connections and like nepotism or something or maybe you know you, you definitely do have to be quite you know that top two percent five percent high achievers and maybe if you're not really i don't want to say being put down at uct but in a way just kind of failing and i think i, I learned what failure truly is there you know there's yeah there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel the hardware part of mechatronics is it's though it's usually very like minor stuff you know sensors and whatnot like um yeah definitely it's quite expensive definitely minor stuff ah it's just sensors yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh. um you know in a way accepting failure you know realizing that it, it, it is possible and if, if it does happen it doesn't necessarily mean you know you're a bad student yeah. I I controlled like um, drones uh, multiple drones and got them to do like a certain mission basically welcome to the Tutor X podcast I'm your host Riawaka Ino and today we're delving into the world of education technology and entrepreneurship today we have a remarkable guest joining us meet our guest a megatronics engineering graduate from the University of Cape Town who not only excelled academically but also made significant strides in the tech industry. From 2016 to 2021, our guest pursued a Bachelor of Engineering and the Built Environment with a specialization in megatronics from the University of Cape Town. Their academic journey was highlighted by remarkable achievements, including securing second place at the Pitch UCT competition in 2009. Venturing into the professional realm, our guest has amassed a wealth of experience in software engineering and development, currently serving as a full-stack engineer at Plus Plus Minus. They work collaboratively with a dedicated team, um, focusing on front-end development using a diverse array of technologies, such as Next.js, Nest.js, JavaScript, TypeScript, and more. Jock, my brother, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Two Decks Podcast. Now, before you say anything, I'm just upset that you didn't let me know previously before we started recording that I shouldn't shave my beard tonight, my boy. I mean, this morning. So now I'm out here looking clean. You're out here bearded up, looking all swaggy. Like, how could you do yeah, this I actually should have dropped the warning. Um, but yeah, bro, <laughs> you're actually killing me just now, dude. Um, I was actually just saying in my head that like as you give me that intro, that like you should be like a boxing ring announcer, bro. Like yo, you you're the P yeah, type man, bro. Less. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth though, bro. It's did I lie? Did I lie though? I didn't though. It's just it's what it's what you did. 
it's what you did. It's what you did. I actually saw something. Yo, bruh. I feel like I'm starting this off on a very, like, dark tone. But, like, for some weird reason, the last 12 hours, my YouTube Shorts algorithm has been giving me, like, men's health stuff. You know what I mean? And one thing that, like, keeps popping up every now and again is the statement that men only receive their first flowers on their graves or something like that. I was like, hey, man, you just getting your flowers. I mean, obviously, that seems, like, very dark. But, like, you know, it's what you did. Jeez. And you getting your flowers, nah, nah, bro. shout out, though. Like, yeah, no, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, it's also always, like, a bit, like, not weird, but, yeah, a bit weird, like, hearing, in a way, someone, like, tell you about yourself, in a way. But, like, you know, give a bit of a description of, of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always find it a bit weird hearing it. <laughs> Yeah, true. It's because we don't we don't hear it enough, I guess. Yeah. Know? Like, like every guy remembers that one time that old lady on the bus gave him a compliment in like two thousand and four. Definitely. Like, <laughs> I will never, I will never forget. She said I looked swaggy in my Yeezys. <laughs> now, like the only thing you ever wear is Yeezys, and people don't understand why are you so upset with your Yeezys. It's like, ish. you wouldn't get it, babes. You wouldn't get it. But alright, so reflecting on your journey from Zim. To achieving a megatronics degree at UCT, you know how 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 has that experience been, and like what key takeaways do you have? Um, geez, to be honest, I I will not lie. Like that's that's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, like flat out. Um, the well, specifically talking about the degree at at UCT. Um, yeah, that that was very challenging. Um. Like reflecting back on it, I'm I'm definitely grateful for like you know the opportunity and you know just going through that whole process. Um, I feel like I learned a lot and I definitely grew a lot of like, um, like like a lot of resilient strength from that. You know, I think constantly like in a way being, um, I don't want to say being put down at UCT, but in a way just kind of failing. And I think I, I learned what failure truly is there. You know, there's, yeah, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. For oh, sure. That's clutch. That's very clutch. Did your upbringing in Zimbabwe influence your perspective on education at all? Definitely. I think in general, like, you know, coming from Zim, um, you know, education is like one of the, you know, the most important things I feel like as a individual you can, like, you know, empower yourself with. Um, you know, unless you're, like, very street smart and savvy, you know, um, or maybe, you know, you're fortunate and blessed to be in a, in a good and um, well-set-up family, I feel like, you know, education just kind of opens a door for you to, to go anywhere and everywhere, you know. And even within the Zim context, like, you, you can, you know, at least um, be able to allow yourself to do and work in certain places and kind of, yeah, kind of free yourself in a way, financially at least. Yeah, now that makes sense. Like, as, as a South African, <clears throat> like, the only thing we ever really have heard about Zim was from the news. And you know how the news is, bruh. The news... Mm. They have they have a certain narrative that they always want to push Definitely. on the masses, you know, like giving us an idea of what Zim is. 
what was like your personal experience in Zim growing up there? Because like you were, I'm not sure how long Namgago has been president and when the coup against Robert Mugabe was, but how was it growing during Mugabe's era as president? Definitely. Um, I would say it was for a lot of people like generally quite quite a tough um like quite a tough environment uh i feel like earlier on especially like you know during you know his early reign as president i feel like sim was pretty stable from where it was during independence and stuff i think which you know during that time was pretty good like i think you know zim was a pretty good country at that time um and then up until you know much later in his in his reign, I think probably the last like five to ten years of that, you know, I feel like things started to degrade, you know, exponentially in a way, um, you know, where it's like one week things are a certain way, the next week things are like ten times worse. Um, so I think in terms of like my family and just the general people in Zim, I think things were definitely very, like, challenging. Like, every day had its own new challenges. Um, and it's always, like, micro-challenges, which is the interesting thing. Like, the small things that, in a way, build up and compound. Um, you know, for example, like, just specifically speaking, like, the economy, let's say. You know, just having maybe, like, an exchange rate that changes every day or changes every hour, you know, that has such a like a knock-on effect literally a butterfly effect of you know what what things what small things it makes difficult you know even buying bread you know today you're buying it at a certain price but maybe let's say you buy it in the morning at a certain price but if you buy it in the evening it's a completely different price you know that's that's just an example but you can imagine the effect it has um especially on parents you know we have kids we have families to take care of it's it's yeah it's definitely very challenging so would you say during that period like you could actually see what was going on because you know in childhood sometimes our parents shield us from the reality of the world you know like you don't know certain things until you stay by yourself you're like there's how much milk costs <laughs> bruh cheese is this expensive <laughs> like you know maybe i don't maybe i don't like a cheese grilled sandwich anymore <laughs> so were you at that age, were you lucid enough to actually see what was going on? Or was it like, what the hell? Well, like, as a kid, were you just confused? Like, I don't, this doesn't make sense. Bread was like a dollar. Now it's like five dollars three hours later. Definitely. Yeah, I think definitely the, there's like certain things like, you know, as much as parents definitely are like amazing in the sense that like, you know, they, they shield us from, you know, certain kinds of things like that. Um, you know, I feel like, because of how tough it was, there's certain things that, in a way, you know, would just leak through that protection, you know. Um, and definitely, you know, like, I feel like as a kid, you, you are aware to some extent, maybe not the full extent as to how, how tough things are. But, for example, like, maybe when you hear your parents saying that, you know, they're going to South Africa, which is, like, just next door, to do groceries, you know, you're like, well, that's a, that's a pretty what? long grocery trip, you know. That's what? A, <laughs> Like legit, legit, legit. Like legit. Going We're going across the border. Across the border to buy cornflakes, tissues, etc., etc. Like, that's that's literally how bad things were at some point. 
and maybe still are for some people. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. You know, you, you can't you can't ignore things like that in a way. Especially yeah. as a kid, yuck. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy how much we take the little things for granted most of the time. Literally. Most of the time, yeah. Like you literally don't know what you have until you don't have it. Or you see how much someone else has it easy. You like you you don't have to go across the borders to buy bread. <laughs> Bro. No, it's intense. But a jock, bruh. You're clearly you're clearly a nerd. Like we don't need to first like megatronics, like what are you what are you even talking about? <laughs> Secondly, achieving three A's at A levels for maths, chemistry and physics. Madness. Insane. Like an impossible task. How did you how did you do this? And based on what you said earlier about grappling with failure and then learning to overcome it, what did you do? Mm to actually achieve these grades because one of the reasons why the podcast became an idea that had to be actualized was imagine if you knew pragmatically what to do in order to like hit certain marks because like this this is going to sound terrible I guess or very distasteful but I don't really like really really smart people this isn't to say you're not smart jog but like and that i don't like you maybe if you are that smart then i don't like you at all but the reason why i don't like hyper smart people is that they've never had to overcome failure like from grade one to like their postgraduates like it's a breeze you know like uh, how, how how do you not just get it so if someone's like doing okay that potential to do better but they're doing it you know like i'm getting like a 60 percent maybe an early 70 or maybe i'm getting flipping 20 percent but i know like i can tell like this isn't me mm. what did you do in order to like achieve these marks so now the reason why just like the reason why this question is unnecessarily long is because smart people go oh bro i just i look at my notes and i don't even write anything in the lecture <laughs> you're like what and then, like, I killed it. I got, like, a 90. Like, how did you do it? But they can't tell you because it just happens in their yeah. head. But some of us, we need to write it down, man. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, pragmatically, what do you do to actually yeah. get good grades, especially in high school? And then we'll, like, move on to uni, how you, like, you overcome, you overcame certain stuff. Cool. Yeah, no, I like that you broke it down um, specifically for high school because I feel like between high school and uni, yeah, those were two different methods in a way. Um but yeah, just let me stick to high school. So high school, yeah, it was very, it's very interesting because I, I feel like much earlier on, I had a very, um, I had a very good memory. So really what I would do was just like, you know, just read a lot, essentially, um, which is so weird because right now I, I barely read anything. But in, in, in high school and even in primary school, that's literally all I used to do. So I would read a lot. Um it would, for me, honestly, just be a matter of, like, how much time and how repetitive I used to do that. So I, I definitely would say a lot of the success, or at least academic success for me in high school, was um, just spending a lot of time, you know, reading content and just, especially with things like maths, for example, um, just doing rep- repetition in terms of 
the actual like tests, um, questions, etc., etc. Because I feel like one thing you also realize later on with things like maths, I feel like maths and physics, um, chemistry is a, definitely a bit difficult. Um, but maths and physics, I feel like it's definitely just exposure. Like the more you expose yourself to certain problems, um, or even the same problems, you know, you start to to see the pattern. Like how how do I get to the answer? And once you find out that out for one kind of method or one type of sum, the more you do those type of sums or different sums, the more you kind of find those patterns and those methods of actually getting to the right answer. Um, so yeah, that that's I think that's personally why I love maths because it's essentially like there's so many ways to skin a cat and if you find all those different ways to skin that cat, you're never going to be, never going to be stuck. Expo exposure and repetitiveness. I would lie to you. So for most of my high school career, I was like just a regular day Because I think I was just more sports, like athletics, basketball focused, I suppose. And then like towards the end of high school, you're like, okay, cool. Like these are requirements you need to like actually get into these specific unis for these particular courses. So then I was like, I'd bet let me actually make some sacrifices and like grind harder academically. And literally what you're saying just on the exposure side is quite literally 90% of it. Cause like all I do is I just, if, if we got like work to do and the teacher's like, okay, just like do these sums for your homework and say, it's like, um, you know how you know how maths textbooks be, bro. It's like exercise one point one to like one point five, but like in the actual textbook, maybe it goes from one point one to like one point twelve. So now what I do is because I know like okay, cool, bro. You gotta like turn up. I just do everything. So then I kind of get like that edge where okay, most people just did what was prescribed. I did more. So just like that overexposure then like suddenly like your marks are up like 25 percent and you're like oh that's all it that's all it took so like it's so strange but i guess i guess like because humans are we're creatures of habit it's very hard to get people that are that aren't used to like trying to expose themselves that much to start doing it so uh, like that's literally like what i'm always trying to like get get across to people it's like no nah, bro you can also get like a really good mark but you're just not doing enough oh what do you mean what do you mean um so you're saying you read a lot as a kid what what book was the most impactful to you you know like the most memorable like what book actually what book got you into reading to to be honest when i say i was more of a reader i I mean more like um i I wasn't so like like uh fictional books reading like i was just more like you know this is um you know the science book i would literally read the whole book like even topics that were not even covering things that were not meant to just out of like curiosity and stuff like um that was just like me so like you know, I would, especially science books, I would say, um, and like books like physics and chemistry. So like, again, there'd be just things, you know, words you see that are like so interesting. Like maybe you hear them on TV or cartoons or something. You're like, oh, what's, 
you know, what's a, an atom? And like, maybe you actually haven't gotten to that stage in, in your classes. So I would just, oh, let me go to that chapter. And then I see, oh, so an atom's this, whatever, whatever. Um, so that was like literally me. Like every year I feel like I would literally, I would probably read every page on, in the book. Um, it's, even if it's like things that we're not covering, things that are not part of the syllabus. Yeah, I would, that was just the type of person I guess I was. So I definitely, yeah, don't want to lie and be like, I'm a, I'm a fictional books. I've never been that kind of, you know, reader um, or self-help kind of books, um, though I try to. But yeah, I've, I've just always been like a science, science book reader. Was that curiosity nurtured? Like, um, if you look at your parents, did they encourage that or was it just something that you had innately? I think, yeah, I think it's definitely something I more had innately. It definitely could be genetic in a way. Um, I was actually thinking about it also. Like, weirdly enough, my my grandfather also reads a lot. Um, and he similarly reads, you know, books like that. Like, he he will read a book on how to, like, build a bicycle. Or, like, he'll read a book on, like, random car engines or something. Or, like, train engines. Um, so he's a very, cause he used to be like a mechanic, um, back in the day. So he has a very like, you know, mechanical kind of mindset. Um, so yeah, he, yeah, that, that's also his type of thing. Like just reading, you know, books on technical kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think definitely it's probably just something, you know, innate. Um, yeah. And I think fortunately my, my mom was very strict on me. Um, so she would just kind of want me to, hey, when you get home, do your homework. Like, don't even think about anything else. Just, you know, do books. And then after you're done with whatever you've been doing, then you can try and play and whatnot. Um, so I think that, in a way, just kind of forced me to have to spend some time doing things like that. Um, which, yeah, a lot of my curiosity, in a way, to to have some time to to grow I guess I guess you could say that your granddad's influence led you to megatronics in a sense, as it's also like very technical. Definitely, definitely. Um, I even remember vaguely, like as a kid, you know, just asking him, like, you know, what's like what's mechanical engineering, like what does that do? And he would kind of like tell me, you know, certain things and like what he kind of understood of it. Um, and he also kind of always wanted me to kind of go in that direction, though he did also want like a doctor in the family and would always say that. Um, I think he definitely, definitely, yeah, had a, a quite a big influence in, in me going down the, I think the engineering route, especially the mechatronics, mechanical aspect of it. Clutch. Mm. And then, so your routine was, you know, you get home from school, and then you just like do work and then like you play afterwards was that was that like the gist of it pretty much um but i also used to play a lot of sports um so so definitely would be like most days i'm either playing sports maybe i come home late like after four maybe after five um and yeah straight away do some maths <laughs> maths was a, a non-negotiable every day um, I always had teachers that would just, yeah, give a, a, a lot of, lot of maths homework. So I'd probably spend about an hour at least doing some maths. 
you know, then do other homework and stuff. Um, and yeah, then maybe thereafter, you know, eat and then um, just like wind down in a way. And then I, I guess we could jump into uni because like your answers literally overlapped with other questions that I had. Cool. So you mentioned that uni, high school and uni, <laughs> different worlds. Yeah. But um, you get into university and then you experience first year. What do you wish you knew about the academic approach you should take in uni versus high school? Ooh, that's a nice one. Um, I think, um, yeah, so what I would definitely want, yeah, would, like, improve is definitely, I think... I think it could have been a situational, um, like, factor or something. But in when I was still in Zimbabwe, for example, I, I never really used to browse the internet a lot. Like, I never really used to browse the internet um, for, like, informative and educational things. It was more of, ah, let me go download uh, uh, this new song that I love. Let me go watch, yeah. you know, this <laughs> random YouTube video that's supposedly funny you know things like that but i never really used to be like oh um if i i feel like if i knew a lot more about the open source nature of the world um before going into university that definitely would have i think yeah sent me down even probably a different trajectory um just knowing that you can literally learn a lot of things on the on the internet and for free on top of that i think yeah that definitely would have would have been a game changer, and that's something I only learned when I got to university, you know. And again, whether it's like having more time or more access to the internet, um, that's something that I, I definitely in a way just fell into a rabbit hole of. Bro, you're absolutely right with knowing at an early age how to like use the internet for learning, because I will tell you, there's this one dude that was in my class, and. You probably you probably know this guy. If you saw him, you'd recognize him. So um, he also was in the electrical engineering department, but he was more, his major was electrical and computer engineering. So like in high school, I always wonder like, how does this guy know this? Like, how does he, how, how, do, how does he, how, how does he know that? Because um, him and I, we did, we were in the same AP maths class and then, he just he just got it he just got it like what is going on here like what is like what in the world is going on like he just got it so then um we started like studying together and then it's only later that i realized what he was doing you know like when someone's doing something but it doesn't like click what he's doing but like he'd be on like the organic organic chemistry tutor and then they're doing, like, differentiation there. But I start clicking in my head, like, oh, that's why he knows, like, all the stuff. To me, it was like, no, this guy's just, like, super smart, man. This guy's intense. Um, yeah, the internet, the internet. And then as far as workload, because I can't imagine the Megatronics undergraduate program is very intense workload-wise. How did you navigate that? 
I will lie, I feel like that was definitely the the hardest challenge for me. Um yeah, that was that was very challenging. And for me specifically, so so obviously being from Zimbabwe, like, you know, we did Cambridge and and all of that. So I specifically so I did I did my maths, like all of my maths kinda exams a year earlier. So I did what I was supposed to do at O level, which is when you're sixteen. I did that when I was fifteen. And then because of that I did my AS level, um, which is which is what you do when you're meant to be like roughly seventeen. I did that at sixteen. And then my A level, which is like the final like maths or the highest level, I guess, in high school, I landed at seventeen. So basically that led me to only have to do two subjects at a level which is like my last uh year of high school so obviously going from like two subjects to going to five courses in one semester of which it wasn't really five i think if i'm correct it was maybe even six six courses i know there was like probably a few like small like credit courses that we had to do so for me it was very overwhelming to be honest and it's, it's not just like five courses that maybe like three of them are serious and like two of them aren't it's like five very very serious courses that need you know your utmost and undivided attention um yeah so that was my biggest challenge 100% and I feel like that's where a lot of my weaknesses kind of showed you know that's where I definitely um in a way failed and, and was tested um and if anything yeah I think um, I think maybe for people who can balance a lot of things, um, multitask, like maybe that, that wasn't so much the challenge, but for me, I think that that definitely was a challenge, like just multitasking and making sure I'm keeping up with progress on each subject equally and, and in a, in a sufficient manner. What courses did you have, um, in your first year and which did you fail? So I think I took so my first year. So I I took, I took the maths. Well, so I had maths. I had two maths courses in the first year, two physics courses in the first year. Um, I had one electronics course, and then one, um, what do I call it? One power course. So it's electric power course, and two computer science courses. Um, and then yeah, the others were were like more like lower credit courses, so they weren't yeah. So it was just like, I think one of them was like African globalization or something, and yeah. But basically, so the ones that I did fail, so I, I, I think I did. A, I, did I, fail? I don't think I actually failed in the first year. I I did subs though, which I almost failed. So I was basically you know on the line fighting for my life in one exam, fourth quarter, you know, um. And that was for um, one maths course and one physics course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so and I almost then, failed those two courses in the first year. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then I know it's going to be like hard to remember. Do you remember what courses you kind of had the remainder of your degree, basically? Yeah. Um, so the remainder of my degree, I had a signals course uh, courses rather two signals courses which i actually really loved i wish i actually did in my final year like the 
the final one. Um, but yeah, so two English courses. I had two other power courses. I had um, two design courses. So one was an initial design. One was more of like a final year design. Like, hey, you're about to leave. You need to know how to design things. Um, what else? Um, I had an embedded system courses. So that that's actually something I kind of majored in. Um, so I had, I think, about two, I had three embedded systems courses, actually. Um, what else? That, um, and then I had a Megatronics actual major course also. For your final project, what did you build? So I built a VR teleoperation um, what can I call it? I don't want to call it a software, but I built it basically. I I I controlled a mobile robot using VR. Um, yeah, using VR. So basically, I, I set up like a website where you could use like an Oculus Quest, um, and with that you could control this other robot that UCT has. It's called a Husky. It's a pretty really really nice robot. It's it's like. It's one of those like really tough like it's like a rover actually um imagine those mars rovers that you know explore and stuff um so yeah i, I actually controlled that from so that one was at the uct like rugby fields and i controlled it from the labs and then in simulation i pretty much did that from home also jeez that's fire so it was quite, quite so a lot of intricate parts but yeah i can imagine it's actually always so mind-boggling to me how blase you guys are always are about like you're basically doing magic man like you're controlling a robot from home using use, using a website that is that is that is pretty fire just going into like a bit more detail on your project you mentioned um using oculus but what other like just for like the tech nerds out there what other tech did you use within your project uh, so for that project i used um i think i had to, i used python um so i use a bit of python i use i forgot this other so this other operating system or i think it's a language it's called ross so it's pretty much used to like um in a way control these the specific brand of like robots and like a uh, hardware um, but technically, funny enough, I actually did two projects. So, I I did one. Um, because no, you're no, no, a nerd. Uh, I actually failed the first one. Well, I failed the write up of it. So it's 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 also quite weird for me. Like, the only reason why I didn't pass that was obviously because of the write up, which, um, basically you know, extra kind of, obviously accredits like the the degrees. Uh, the engineering degree so um the write-up makes i guess a big part of what you actually or what they credit so though i obviously did the development which worked and ran well i kind of needed to write up write it up you know in a in a specific added to a specific standard um but i actually really enjoyed what i did that that development so that's i built basically for that i built a what is it called uh, it was called Swarm. Swarming, swarming, yeah, swarming. So basically, I I controlled like um, 
drones, uh, multiple drones, and got them to do like a certain mission, basically. Um, which is a bit is a bit difficult because it's like you're essentially kind of controlling them to like operate in a way like that nature kind of operates. So imagine birds or imagine bees. So you kind of have to get one robot in a way, or you kind of decide which was my the thesis part of it, like find the best ways to kind of get this group of, you know, interconnected um, devices to, you know, carry out a mission together. So that was, that was, I, I, I really liked that one. I think I liked it more, obviously. It's not the one I passed, it's not the one I, I want to remember. Um, but for that one, I used Python. Um, I used Docker. I, I, yeah, it was, it was quite an interesting one. I, I basically had to like remotely access and control, you know, drones, which technically imagine like um, little like Raspberry Pis on drones and that was the computer and yeah, had to get those to communicate, which I used a, a messaging protocol, uh, I forgot what it was called, but yeah. Look at how look at how your face just lights up when you talk about <laughs> this nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that one is, is a passion. It's definitely a passion, a passion project of mine. Mm. And then, would you do you think you're gonna continue passion projects of that nature should you have the time? Hundred percent. That's that's actually something I'm like actively trying to like think about and and implement because I feel like a lot of these things are not necessarily things I in a way can monetize um, obviously everything doesn't necessarily need to be monetized but in a way for it to kind of be worth you know my time sometimes Absolutely. especially at the stage you know of my life you know it definitely needs to kind of reward me in some way but I think definitely if um, you know whenever I do have the time or can you know even if it doesn't reward me in that way uh, yeah, I would definitely love to spend a lot more time on that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things where maybe, you know, not even that it could help people, but I feel like it could, like maybe somehow some of these things could be used in a way to actually help people or, you know, just improve certain people's lives. Definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. What course was the most difficult throughout your undergrad? Like the way you're like, this is... This is impossible. What is what is going on here? Jeez. Um, yo, there's, there's been a couple of those. <laughs> I think one of the most most important or one of the ones that stood out the most, or at least early on, I would like to say control systems. But at the same time, I would also like to say signals. Um, and in a way, they're kind of both linked. I feel like if you're good at one you're probably good at the other and if you're not good at one you're not really good at the other um but yeah i think if i had to just put a dot in it probably probably signals definitely can you share some of the mindset shifts or strategy you employed to overcome challenges so that you will be able to excel in your degree mm, mindset shifts i think definitely um you know, in a way, accepting failure, you know, realizing that 
it, it, it is possible. And if, if it does happen, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're a bad student. You're, you're not built out for this. You're not cut out for this. You, you know, you should stop doing this. You know, I, yeah, I think accepting failure and just in a way using it really as a tool, as what it is really like a learning point, um, you know, finding out your weaknesses and, and, and building up on that. Um, cause I will say there, there was a point, I think it was in my third year where I think I failed like two or three of my courses in one semester. And I was just like, well, I think I failed actually three and then I think maybe I didn't fail the other cause I was lucky enough to get a sub. So it was like, I would have failed three. And I, I really sat down and I was like, you know, chatted to my parents and I was like, to be honest, guys, I, I don't know if I'm built out for this. Um, I'm starting to think maybe, you know, this this is not the thing for me. This is not, you know, the path. Um, and in a way, my mom just at that moment, just, you know, just just keep going for it, you know, just keep trying. Um, you know, just really think about it and see if you really want to, you know, go on with it. Um, and I, I think I just did and I... I I think I really wanted to just, you know, go past that finish line. And I think, um, yeah, just reflecting on what, you know, maybe mistakes I've made and, and to get to that point. Um, and, yeah, just try to kind of minimize that and, and and just keep my head up. What mistakes do you think you made or what corrective measures did you take? So I think I definitely could have... Um, I don't want to say spend more time doing academic work, but essentially I, I, I feel like I definitely made that time I did spend on it more efficient. Um, so for example, like maybe, you know, where after a uni day, you, you know, maybe go play basketball, go do some clubs and then maybe do your work later, like, you know, in the evening, maybe now it's like, you know what, let me just stay on campus the whole day let me you know go to the library let me um go to the labs let me even just start hanging around you know some of the people in the in the classes that i don't really hang around with you know that i don't really speak to but those guys that i know probably know what they're doing and you know know how to get around and, um and navigate like this this whole scene so i think i definitely started just employing um things that kind of in a way would increase the chances of, of success, you know, where it's like, again, maybe where, you know, lecturers are always saying, hey, guys, come and stay after and ask me questions. And I never really used to do that beforehand. But now I'm like, hey, I, I know this lecturer. I've been seeing him for a couple of years now. Like, I, I shouldn't have anything to fear in terms of asking him, you know, this or that. And I think, yeah, that's, those are some of the things I definitely started doing. And, and if I had to redo it, these are some of the things I would definitely do from the get-go, you know. Don't be shy. Don't don't double... Don't think you're the only person who's, you know, who's not getting it or who's not understanding. Like, definitely ask questions. Um, ask your peers, you know. Yeah. I think I would definitely, yeah, say that. Yeah. No, that's, that's like, a very, very, very good answer. You touched on, like, a lot of gems there especially the spending time with people that you kind of sussed that they got it on lock, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But like, so... And there's always those guys, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> there's always those guys you know are chowing course. Absolutely. And it's like, you may not necessarily be 
you know, they would. I wouldn't say like you you are not like socially compatible. I don't want to use that term because I don't believe in you know something like. That. But I'm just using that as a kind of way to kind of you know get an idea of like maybe it's not someone you would often speak to kind of thing. Um, but you know, it, it's it's someone you could definitely learn a lot from. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You you actually saw right because um, within STEM there's this particular archetype of what like the step major is and it's like just i mean we will have to call a spade a spade man a lot of like the brightest people i've met within stem are like some of the most socially awkward people i've ever met (laughs) so just because of that social awkwardness like you don't like chowers like you know, oh, like, yeah. this guy only wants to talk about Fortnite, man. Like, really? <laughs> you didn't watch the game last night? You know, I'm all small talk. So, 100% integrating with them is always very difficult. But it's necessary yeah. and, like, you used it to actually, you know, turn up. So now, did doing that or that change in behavior result in you performing better? Yeah, 100%. Um, I believe it definitely, um, you know, increased my performance. And I think it also just kind of made me more aware of, like, even just in terms of, like, learning habits or learning, um, I guess, methods, you know. Like, I may be trying to learn this course in this specific way, but this guy or I'm seeing people there, you know, understanding this in a different way. So maybe let me try to think about it in a different way. Let me adopt different, you know, methodologies and stuff like that. Um, so it definitely did end up working out, um, and yeah, I think in a way it just also kind of made me more, I don't want to say calm, I feel like in a way I kind of gained the strength to, to start handling those battles a lot better. What, what different learning methodologies did you pick up from them? Just as far as your initial approach, what you saw them do and then assimilated? I think for me, um, with some things, it's like I, I kind of forgot about the the repetition aspect of things in uni. So I feel like, you know, just like in high school, like some, some things you, you just will learn just by doing more of it. In uni, for some reason, at a certain stage, I kind of just took a more of a, a methodology of I, I actually want to understand things. Um you know, from the root, from the, from first principles, and I, I didn't sometimes always focus on repetition in terms of, you know, let me expose myself to all the possible questions they could ask, but more like, oh, if I understand the principles, I'll surely understand whatever they throw at me, um, and that didn't work out so well, so I think definitely learning back to, you know, from what I picked up from some people, is which is just doing, just do all the, the questions in a tut, or, you know, even the ones that they say this is too hard so don't really try it but we're just for those curious individuals kind of thing so even just doing those little small things that not really not that you shouldn't be doing but you know you don't have to do um and just doing a lot of it yeah that definitely yeah definitely helped me um one thing that i don't usually touch on as much as i should but i think i should um the social aspect of uni 
what was that experience like from day one up until the end? And how did you navigate outgrowing people during your uni experience? Mm. Um, so I feel like the social aspect for me was was quite quite enjoyable. Um, I feel like, like in a way, subconsciously, you know, the the one thing that I kind of went to uni with is like I want to leave here, you know, like socially having made a lot of the social connections that I I I can make. Like I didn't want to hold myself back in terms of, you know, um, I'm just this small small guy from a small town you know just here to to chow course kind of thing but it's like i actually wanted to make you know meaningful connections with with people whether they were in my degree or not um and i feel like that definitely helped in a lot of um different aspects um yeah and just in general of just like keeping me grounded keeping me you know even aware to other social um situations um yeah, sorry, and I forgot the last part of the question that you, you asked regarding that. Yeah, um, how did you navigate outgrowing certain mm. friendships, I suppose? Because, you know, yeah, if there's one... I was actually thinking about this yesterday, and it's... I mean, I didn't come up with this or, like, make this discovery, but I uh, can't remember who, but one of the people that I follow on Instagram, like, you know, on not Instagram, on like my youtube shorts <laughs> back to the youtube shorts because i deleted tiktok to get away from tiktok but now i'm like shut youtube shorts <laughs> so like did i actually fix the problem i don't think so <laughs> but um one thing one thing that the person mentions uh he's a behavioral psychologist and he talks about how exposing yourself to new environment activates certain genes within you that were previously dormant and Obviously, going from Zim to studying in Cape Town, there's certain parts of you that, like, turned on that you didn't know were there, like certain curiosities, certain parts of your character. And as a result of that, you growing into that person makes you outgrow people that are stuck in, I guess, the same environment. So with that comes outgrowing certain friendships certain alliances did you have to deal with that in your experience and if so how did you deal with it definitely yeah i definitely feel like yeah um you know i i, I had to deal with it um and how i dealt with that in a way i think just also some of that like um that realization that like you know, as you grow older, these these kinds of things do happen. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you know, that change is negative or that change is positive in a way. But I think it's just in a way, like, you just kind of have to accept it and, like, look at it, you know, in a way, in a, in a kind of, like, meditative way, like, in a passive way. Like, you know, let me actually just analyze it, but without actually um, attributing that to something specific, like, to it being negative or to it being positive. So I think, yeah, with with that also, you, you just have to kind of look at, you know, some of those friendships and maybe why they um, kind of have outgrown, you know, like, I don't want to say can we 
like what like is it preservable you know um like is it something preservable from that or is it a thing of you know maybe yeah it's it's just the end of the road and it's just you know way we as you know humans and people kind of just um part ways um i think it's 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 something i'm still kind of working on to be honest it's it's definitely quite a challenging thing um but yeah i think i think definitely it's one of those like you live and you learn like you know you just gotta gotta take it one day at a time and then see see where it goes mm, yeah not true true and then jumping into like your more professional <clears throat> maybe not so professional maybe not so professional yet um <laughs> yeah, this is a great question. What was the best? What was the best party you ever went to during your time at undergrad? Because we all we've all we've all seen American Pie, man, Jeez. and that's how we all thought you knew it was going to be all day, every day. What is the best? Yo, that's that's actually a hard one. That's I feel like the I feel like first year and second year had a lot of um, in a way memorable ones. Um, and, and by this, do you mean like a res a res thing or generally, sir? Or like just a just generally, general... yeah. Jeez, that's that's a tough question, bro. And, and me trying to think about it now, it feels like it's yours. It's, it's like ages back, but it kind of is. Um, jeez, let me think. Hmm. I would definitely say there were a couple of like, I think it's night shows. Is it? night show um i'm not sure which ones but back when it still used to be at the waiting room say this shout out shout out shout out night show, <laughs> shout out night show. <laughs> that's that's produced a lot of a lot of engineers apparently <laughs> all right yeah, that, that one was definitely a good um what you call it like a like a social break like a, mm. a reset no, hundred percent. Alright, jeez, like all the other questions that are like popping into my head now are very non PC, and I think I'll just ask <laughs> them. But how did you deal with navigating our relationships in uni? And <laughs> you can plead the fifth if you want, man. And yeah, like what do you what do you make of like say 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 someone's yeah, say someone's 18 years old about to go to uni and they're like a young man. What advice would you give them about navigating dating in uni? Because obviously now it's like very different from high school. Mm. Yeah, well, I feel like dating in uni is it's very... Um, it's actually like a, a flip of the coin, really. Like just depending on you as a person and maybe your likes or dislikes... Um, you know, I mean, like in a way, the kind of people you will meet or tend to meet. Um, yeah, I feel like it can either be a very like a nice experience, a very, you know, um, yeah, like you find you know very good, genuine people and very like you know, I guess people that suit you as a person, and then. On the other flip side, you could be dealing with people that, you know, don't 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 realize that you're a kid in uni. <laughs> like, 
let's just say that people that are maybe have the expectations of a, a grown man um and a lot of the cases like if you're a kid in uni you're probably not um well, especially as an 18 year old yeah you're definitely not um so yeah i think one thing i will say is just um especially as a young man definitely remember that your your brain only fully grows by 25 so anything you do before then probably think twice about it mm. anything you know, anything you do before the age of 25 <laughs> can and will be used against you in the court of law <laughs> yeah now it makes sense that makes sense and then just looking at your career so far like all, all all i'm seeing brother is like software dev where's that oh, i built a drone for dasa and then <laughs> yeah like so how, how come you're not doing um i guess like robotics work or like megatronic work mm. and it's primarily software uh, based yeah that's actually a really good question um and i feel like I know people always ask me that but i feel like that's always a a thing that comes up definitely um and yeah i think it's just really i don't know i i have like a bittersweet relationship with like mechatronics in a way and and you know everything that i learned from that um i feel like though you know some things i do love and some things i didn't like um regardless i feel like in the african context and maybe the south african context it's it's pretty hard to what can i say to either work at a company that does that decide um like either you might have to be i don't want to say connections and like nepotism or something or maybe you know you you definitely do have to be quite you know that top two percent five percent you know high achievers and maybe if you're not really um there are definitely places you can go and work and, and whatnot i think though personally for me I, I do have a like a very entrepreneurial like mindset and and I'm focused um and for me it, it's, it's pretty hard to like work on these like drone things and like these mechatronics things in my free time or you know to build a product or to make um some income because you know the hardware part of mechatronics is it's though it's usually very like minor stuff you know sensors and whatnot like um yeah definitely those things are quite expensive definitely minor stuff ah just sensors yeah <laughs> <laughs> no like just like you know it's technically the basic stuff like i guess out of everything that you could be buying but it's, it's still quite expensive in a way like you know buying you know a sensor for a couple hundred rands is is costly if you want to build something that may or may not work and that you may or may not actually destroy in the process of trying to get it to work by accident um whereas software you know it's free it's open source um so i think that's where i I drew a lot of that like it just kind of called me in a way like hey why not look into building this thing and this app like mark zuckerberg did but you actually don't have to spend a single dime you know whereas trying to build like a little drone or a little toy kind of thing it, it might more or less maybe take the same amount of time but you do have to kind of put a bit of cost into it which you know coming out of uni and all of these things it's not it's not the thing you kind of want to hear and um 
Yeah. Mm. No, that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. So, um, so from April 2019 to Jan 2020, um, you worked with Zayo as project manager. And you did mention that you're very entrepreneurial. What is it that they were doing that sort of like wanted you to even work with them? And then provide like a little bit of context um, as to yeah. what Zayo is. Cool. So just for anyone that doesn't know, um, and you listen to this podcast, if you want to learn how to code, if you want to learn how to do anything programming related um, and, and get a job with it, that's what Zayo does and that's what Zayo will help you with. And you don't have to be any certain age, any experience, Zayo will, will help you from the start. Um, and, and that's pretty much where I kind of started really with my whole journey. So I had a bunch of uh, friends, actually, these are the guys that also started Zayo. Um, so at the same time during uni, like I, you know, wanted to learn software. I wanted to learn, you know, how, you know, how can I start this open source kind of life? Like learning at least from these open source to these free things. Um, and they're the guys that really helped me, um, kind of put me onto a lot of these things, you know, that I'm kind of into nowadays. Um, and pretty much I personally use that project management as like a stepping stone because at that time I, I was no developer. I was no, I did not even like coding. I didn't, you know, want really to do much with it. But I kind of wanted to learn and be around people that were doing that. Um, so that really helped me because I was basically, obviously, in a way, like the center point between the client or a client. Um, and this was back when their model was slightly different, by the way. So they would do a few projects for clients um, and they had developers, obviously. Um, yeah, so I was in a way the center point between the clients that they would kind of build these small little websites or web apps for and the developers um so i would you know always be meeting with the developers and kind of learning about you know what they do and how they do it um and in a way that kind of slowly you know was giving me a bit of the knowledge and even some of the developers i, I actually met through that i you know became i don't want to say close friends but i did become you know quite friends with them um and yeah i think that definitely gave me quite you know a lot of the fuel to to carry me after that no it's brilliant considering that your undergraduate degree you mentioned that you you had some programming courses that you did in your undergrad i would assume that just based off of doing some programming courses in uni it would immediately translate to you being able to like build stuff is that true is that the case? Because you all say like you you weren't like necessarily a developer, yeah. but I mean you did do like programming courses. So what's the truth? <laughs> so so yes and no. I feel like looking back, um, yeah, what what you what I learned in uni definitely was enough in a way, um, and definitely you know was what can I say? It was enough of the tools to actually be like whatever I actually want to build and can think of building looking at what I studied and looking at the notes and, you know, the books and whatnot for my computer science courses, I definitely, you know, I had the power and had the capabilities. Um, it's just in the moment, I definitely did not feel like that. I feel like maybe it could have been a, a thing of just like, 
still being in the system or whatever or like just having recently acquired that knowledge but it's like I, I didn't you know I felt like yeah I, I know what you know coding stuff is and I know what the variable is and all these things and but I don't actually know how to put that into into an app or put that into building you know a little software system or something um so I think it's in a way like I was about to use a good description it's like in a way it's like giving like a caveman a computer it's like you know like you're giving him a lot of power but he doesn't necessarily know what he can do with it and I feel like I learned that part like learning what I can do with it I'm a bit after uni but I feel like definitely it's, it's just it's definitely like um like a personal thing like if some people definitely you know as soon as they kind of learned that they know like yeah oh I learned this in, in, in class yesterday tomorrow I'm gonna use that and do this today mm-hmm. and then if you were to break down how to get into software dev for someone that where, where does where does the road start because I mean not everyone can afford to get into uni and then oh that's a variable and then kind of know I'm going to use this somewhere if you're someone that's on the outside thinking about developing even if it's like for fun or whatever what's the first step what was what was your journey actually like the first thing you did where you're like oh okay I'm developing this now and then from this point I'm doing this now definitely for me and and what I would encourage anyone like you're saying that's maybe you know not in uni not in a college you know maybe financially can't you know um they're not able to you know go that formal learned experience I would definitely say utilize um the internet utilize youtube and that's where to be honest that's where a lot of the the stuff i learned was like started from like you know i i i can even share these guys but there's a bunch of youtube guys I've, i used to follow or at least used to watch their videos are where you know they would literally drop a tutorial on hey want to learn how to build facebook or build a twitter clone build a instagram clone um etc etc and then from that i would actually literally watch the whole video because i'm that kind of person like i, I know they do say it's, it's practical and, and you know follow along and do this on your computer but initially I, and always I've, I've always been more of a i like to like learn something first and then okay i'll go out and do it um so i would literally just watch the whole videos watch the whole tutorials and then be like okay cool i see what this guy was doing and it was nice to also know that like watching him or her do something from the start to the finish. Um, it's nice knowing that, okay, if I go now on my laptop and do that, I surely should be able to do this. And obviously not always like that, but basically. Um, so I, I would definitely say utilize YouTube. Um, there's also a lot of bunch of free, um, like coding resources. I know there's like free code camp. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of places. And obviously maybe if you really want something like uh, to have like a stamp of approval, maybe try things like Udemy um, or LinkedIn Learning, you know, those kinds of things. Um, it's definitely, I don't want to say it's enough, but it's definitely enough to get you to a certain point where if people are like, hey, can you do this? You, you then probably can do that. 
you know it's maybe lacking the formal experience but you definitely can do that you worked as a web designer for asian fire in new york how in the world how in the world did you get to new york brother (laughs) um so i did that through upwork um and yeah that was a very interesting time not not the 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 shiniest of my medals but um it was it was definitely yeah it was definitely a challenge i i will say one thing though i am i am not a designer <laughs> i am not a designer and i found that out through through that that experience um yeah it was, it was good though but it's i think i definitely like to be more um more in the trenches mm. And then what is Upwork? Oh, cool. So Upwork is a freelancing platform. Um, so pretty much anyone that, you, anything you can really do, and literally I mean anything from translations to copywriting to marketing, etc., etc., to, you know, developing and web dev. Um, yeah, you can do it on Upwork. It's... I think it's yeah it's free to sign up and, and you know register you pretty much just see a whole bunch of so it's for it's for people who want people to do things and also people who are looking for like things to do so pretty much there's like jobs there and as a person that's wanting to do jobs you can apply for those jobs and you know the the clients I guess can filter you out and you know interview or whatnot and yeah if you get selected you can then do something um, and it's all on the platform. It's all, um, it's pretty regulated. It's it's yeah. It's well supported. It's 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 a it's a pretty nice experience. What's been your during your career? What's been the most fulfilling work you've done? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, the most fulfilling. I would say the most fulfilling work is probably the work I'm doing right now. It's at plus plus minus um it's 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 nice it it feels um you know it's working with a bunch of different you know types of projects um and that's the type of person i am you know i i get i get bored very easily if i'm stuck doing one thing every day for like you know 30 days or something um so it's nice because every now and again things do change you know maybe you're building something different or working differently um because i am full stack so maybe i'm not always working on you know front-end stuff um so maybe i'm doing a bit of back-end you know doing a bit of um writing some apis etc etc um and yeah i yeah i do find it fulfilling yeah the uct pitch competition what what was going on there? That was yeah, that was a very interesting time. Um, so I had a friend. Uh, wow, well, I have a friend still alive and he's still okay, by the way. Um, so his name is Robin. Um, so he he had a he had an idea. Um, and at the time it sounded like a pretty good idea, and. You know, he was in. He, you know, saw this thing on at UCT on posters on around the the, the university, um, so about the pitch, which is basically you know like a entrepreneurial kind of competition, um, 
So there's, there were technically two different categories. There was one for people that already have the idea and they're like, you know, now in an implementation kind of phase. And then there, there was another category for people who literally just had an idea. Like you, yeah, you know, this sounds good. You want to kind of get it out there and see if people also think it's good kind of thing. Um, so he kind of did a lot of the groundwork in terms of setting up the application and um, pretty much getting us into the the competition and then thereafter we had a few like um what do i call it like seminars and and eventually actual pitches that we had to do and then we basically got narrowed down to i think about the, the final four or final eight and then we then had to do um a formal pitch like a shark tank kind of setup at uct um i forgot where at uct but yeah, we formally had a pitch on a stage and all of that. And yeah, that's when we came second in our category, which was the, the ideation. Um, and pretty much we, we had a thing about like, um, it was called My Docs. It's about, we basically trying to, I guess, make like an Uber, I don't want to say an Uber for doctors, but it was a, it was a way of basically trying to get, um, you know, the average person in Zimbabwe easier slash better access to like medical facilities um yeah it didn't work out so well um in terms of after that that, that is in terms of the, the idea just because i think um sim has a lot of like moving parts and you know smaller intricacies that are kind of hard to like plan for and think about when you're not in sim so that's really the only reason why um, after that, we just kind of, you know, took a, a step back on that. Yeah, and no, I get you. I get you. Do you think you could bring that back to life in, within the essay context and then say you generate enough of a bag to actually be able to sort out the rest of Africa, actually? Because it's a great idea. Definitely, I think... It's a very yeah, great idea. Definitely, I think to a certain extent, because funny enough, in the same pitch competition, there was actually another um, like party or person who who had a similar but slightly different idea. Um, and their thing actually went... Also did well. I think they also came either first or second. And I think they were already implement, implementing it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or maybe they were the ones that actually came first in our, in our category. But basically, yeah, they, they had a similar idea, and, and I think it's probably pretty doing pretty well. I haven't followed up on it, to be honest. But I know soon after the competition, they were doing quite a, quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think there's, a, you know, there's, a, there's something for it there, definitely, in, in the South African context and probably in the, in the larger African context. I feel like, um, yeah, things like healthcare and um, just like the medical scene, there's a lot... I don't want to say there's a lot to be improved on, but basically there's a lot of, I think, gaps in a way where tech can kind of fill in and assist people in a way. Um, and yeah, just basically make the whole experience more accessible um, for the average person. What are your feelings towards AI? And what are your feelings towards AI especially within the African context, you being within industry and having a pulse on what's going on, what trends you're seeing, 
do you think we're at a good place? Um, so my feelings towards AI are very, very positive, especially the African context. I feel like, um, you know, as long as there are people building AI-powered solutions and, and technology for, you know, the average African, the, yeah, there's definitely always going to be some good, good things coming out of that. Um, for example, let's just say, I, I know of Botlale AI, they were also part of the pitch competition, interestingly enough. Um, and yeah, they're doing now, you know, some, some really amazing things there with, um, like computer vision and like, um, machine learning in a way. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel like in a way that there is a bit of an AI revolution coming slash happening. Um, and I think, yeah, I think in a way we, we need people to, to kind of a invest in, in making sure that like, you know, Africans and, you know, for, for people of color in a way that AI's solutions are, are there to help us and in ways that they can, um, and also people to actually just build those things. And even maybe just people just to have those discussions like you kind of are having today, like just to kind of alert people, um, similar to that whole internet chat we were discussing slightly earlier, like in a way, the more people kind of know that AI is out there, AI can be used to, you know, help improve what we do or anything just regarding our daily lives, um, then maybe the more, the more better we can become at using it and the more it actually helps us. No, absolutely. I've seen Butali AI on LinkedIn. Um, I, I I just didn't have the time to actually look at to look at what they're actually building. I saw like a picture of their team and stuff. Like, yay, happy something something. <laughs> Do you know what they what they're working on? Oh, but you did say computer vision. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, I I will just double check. But if I'm not mistaken. Um, they basically, so they have like, um, conversational AI. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. So I think they try and aim it at for people who can't really speak English and they basically get, um, people or let's say for example, it's like you're helping out an old lady in like the village somewhere. Like maybe she has an issue with like either her phone or maybe even a medical issue, but she can't even really, um, convey that you know to english or maybe to someone who needs to know this kind of stuff in english like maybe like a bank for example like um so they have their their as conversations so maybe she speaks i think they i think they recorded to like uh whatsapp like maybe something in you know in like the local languages um and then that conversational ai translates that to maybe whoever it needs to get get to and vice versa i believe so maybe someone who speaks in English, but they can't understand English, that conversational AI then translates that to that specific uh, local language. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds dope. It sounds really fire. Oof. Yeah, this, this question's a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one. As, as, as an entrepreneur, what, 
oof. Because now, like, it's like I'm, I'm asking you to reveal, like, what you, what you, what you wanna, what you wanna cook. But, you know, what can we expect? What, what, what do you wanna, what do you wanna cook, bro? What do you wanna like? What, what do you wanna, what do you wanna build? Because I mean, I mean, even if you drop like a, a sh- I don't, I don't know, drunk. Even if you drop like a really fire idea, I don't think anyone would like. Steal your flow word for word, bar for bar. You know, it's like. What what, what 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 would you love to build? Definitely, yeah. No, that's 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 not something I'm really like um, um, nervous to kind of share or something like that. Then um, don't. But I, I think. Then don't. <laughs> Whoever wants to know must like follow you and then just lurk and then see. Oh yeah, this is what he didn't want to share. This is so cool. <laughs> um yeah like what can i say like what i mean there's a lot i think i'm, I'm one person also sometimes i get a bit overwhelmed by the, the, the thoughts and what i'm actually trying to do and what i can do in a way um but yeah like i i don't know like to be honest there's like like i said i don't know because there's just too many things i, I keep thinking about but i guess one thing i would love to kind of cook up in a way is I don't know, like just some like an IoT kind of solution, like a internet of things kind of thing. Um I guess that I would say it's probably like a passion project. So like imagine, you know, you're at home, you have like plants, you have a pit, you know. Maybe you wanna auto like have an automated way of watering your plants. You wanna you know, have an app on your phone, you're like, oh, shit, I haven't, oh, sorry, but I'm sure you're going to edit that out. Um, but yeah. you're like, oh, damn. I am not editing I that out. I have my plants. <laughs> this is the real world. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have, yeah, you have a plant that you forgot to water, or maybe you travel and you're away and you can't, you know, water your plants, you can't maybe feed your dog or, um, you know, leave them some food or water them. So I just want to have a way, you know, have an app, you press a button, whatever, that thing, you know, waters your plants adequately. That thing um, drops some food for your pet to eat or something or keep them occupied. Um, or maybe you want to get home, you just want to clap your hands three times and all your lights turn off kind of thing. You know, so things like that is where I, I say I would really kind of want to explore and and build some stuff on for people. Um Especially with, like, the drone thing I did, for example, like, you know, if maybe you have a farm and you want to see the different areas of your farm, you know, quickly, or maybe there's, I don't know, like, wolves attacking your sheep or something, but you want to scare them off with, like, a drone spraying water or something, you know, that, for example, drone thing I did in uni would be super cool to, hey send these two drones and maybe send one drone to watch out for the other or something and explore this area and maybe look for because for example the, the drone thing i did is something that could actually be used in like rescue and rescue missions for example like maybe you're looking for people covered under rubble or something like that's something that you know could kind of be used for for things like that so i, I would say i have quite a few i mean obviously this is all kind of I don't want to say unrealistic, but it's like it's far, f- not far fetched, nah, but yeah, in a way it kind of is. Not really. Um, 
and yeah, I don't know with, with in terms of things that I actually could do. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you know how I used to do things like blockchain and and whatnot um, development. I, I feel like not that I feel like the blockchain industry has kind of like slowed down. Um, but in a way, I feel like the solutions for people in a way aren't also very um, not practical. But I mean, like what practical. What like you know what I mean? What really practical kind of use case can blockchain help the average South African, for example? Yeah, yeah. Oof, that's a that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a very big one. Yeah, like you 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 chatting about like using drone systems for like rescue missions is actually kind of fire because I don't know. I don't know if it's under radar. Like if finding someone's heat signature, I don't know if that that falls under radar. But I think something like that, like rubble, like someone trapped under rubble, I don't know if it would be calibrated enough to pick up body heat under rubble. But like having a drone system or something of the sort, Jesus, this this would actually be a fire, a fire thing. I'm definitely not going to build this. So I'm just going to like say it. But like imagine if in... In places that are prone to earthquakes and like just like rubble falling everywhere and stuff if uh, say saying the government is almost like a slur in every country but say like the government enforces that people install some sort of like sensors i guess right whereby those sensors act as they 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 can somehow pick up body heat so that if like a building falls those sensors are already there. Hopefully, if most... Because I don't think all of them would, like, just disintegrate. But then those sensors would, would be used to pick up, you know, body heat, in a sense. So that, like, in rescue times, they'd be... They'd be able to find people that are still alive. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that would be, like, fire. Yeah, like, jeez, bro. You, you reminded me of this... You just reminded me of another conversation I had with someone years ago and like i literally met this dude and then um it's like a, he was doing his phd or maybe his master's but i think it was his phd and i asked him like oh what's your phd in and the guy said space agriculture i was like what <laughs> what what are you talking about but um what his 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 thesis was about um was using satellite systems to sort of pick up um the plant growth yield in essence so um using satellite imagery to see how quickly crops are growing in this region compared to that region and then using that data to sort of do a whole bunch of other stuff that's what i was like yeah people are smart for real out here bro i think he was a it was a nigerian man was a nigerian man now people are smart for real bro so yeah, I mean, if someone Jeez. if someone's like working on space agriculture, bro, you doing that drone system is a yeah, it's a, hey, yeah, that would be so cool, bro. Like yeah, like I I don't know if, if maybe yeah if there's a way I could you know, one day maybe meet up people in that like field. I I think I maybe that's I should start going out to more like you know maybe entrepreneurial, or startup you know, um, 
I don't know what to call them, like expos and seminars and whatnot. I think maybe finding people in those fields, because I feel like, you know, something like that, like you're saying, could could definitely be cool. Like, or maybe you even have like a, um, like a what you call it, a a pest problem, and maybe you want to spray pesticide in a certain way or something. You know, I don't know. I'm just I'm maybe I'm 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 looking for problems that aren't there. But you know whatever kinds of problems are, I'm keen to, to find those out and, and see what I you know if there's anything I could do in a way. Yeah, nah, bro. Like you honestly picked a very fire field of study, cause like the, the actual use cases are endless, hey. Like yeah. the actual use cases. And I mean, are even endless. the VR, the VR teleoperation. That's in a way I kind of underlooked that, but that's also something I feel like it's a random but interestingly cool thing like because i mean it's, it's in a way kind of what people do with like the space exploration like you're actually chilling here on earth but you're actually controlling something on mars or something like that like and you're actually seeing how things look like on mars from the comfort of your home in a way like yeah like it, there's a lot of cool cool stuff with that um yeah and i feel like that, that's definitely something I would want to venture into later. Mm, no, absolutely. How do you feel about Apple's... I don't even know what it's called, man. The, the VR goggles thingy. I don't know what their what they product name is. I think it's uh, the Vision Vision Pro, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, I, I'm, I'm like, it, it's cool. Like, definitely it's cool. It's Apple, so it's, it's technically, like... The tech aspect of it is probably nice, you know. Just like the headphones, I, I think you've got them on even. Like, I, I'm sure it's nice and comfortable. Like, it's, it's what are you talking about? There's things you could definitely nah, nah, nah. There's some, there's some. Hey man, hey <laughs> man, <laughs> you, you try to put a toy on my man. These, these are not Apple headphones, everybody. This is just there. Uh, I'm trying to look for like a name that's like, yeah, ish. I can't see anything besides. These are not Samsung's. These are alkaline headphones. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> they are alkaline. <laughs> but yeah, um, how do you feel about it though? Um, yeah, I think they're cool. Like, I mean, like it's it's definitely gonna be, it's definitely got its use cases. And I feel like, you know, for for people who maybe already are into things like VR, like it's it's nice. You know, maybe you can chill on. It's like a nicer way to maybe like chill on your couch, you know, chill. Um, at the office in your home etc etc but i'm not so sure about like you know like the the practical use cases in a way i i personally feel like for example maybe not in the tech aspect but just in terms of like a physical use case i feel like those glasses that i think zuckerberg was working on oh yes 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 um with with ray-bans are probably like yeah like with ray-bans and stuff i feel like that's more not in a way futuristic, but I feel like that's nicer in a way. Like, I'd rather have something that can blend in, you know, to what's already, like, I don't want to say as considered normal, because I don't want to, I don't want to say or support, like, normal things. Um, but I feel like it's easier to blend in. Like, I was given the example of, like, imagine you're walking in the street, like, you know, in Jorbeck CBD, like, with these big goggle things, like, you, you're literally standing out like a, like a white elephant, like... I want something that like it looks like I'm just a normal everyday guy, but maybe under the hood I'm 
I can use a bunch of AI. Maybe I can ask, hey, has someone called me and maybe see the call logs or maybe see my WhatsApp chat as I'm walking by. And you wouldn't even notice it kind of thing. I think that's more... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a person just nicer um, to like blend in in that kind of way. For sure. But let's say 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 you were using it at home though, and like you you weren't gonna be someone that's gonna walk walk in Jersey with that on, man. That's asking for terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think in that case, I think it would definitely be. It, it sounds cool because I've seen some of the videos and what people are saying. It's like, you know, people are saying in a way like, for example, you don't need your iPad and your Mac anymore. Like you can literally be you know, on the couch, kind of using all, similarly, like, using all the devices at the same time, which sounds really cool, like, I feel like if there's a way they can add in, like, gaming, because I'm quite a big gamer, um, I feel like if they can add some, you know, gaming interest or some way to maybe, like, you know, you're playing your PS5 also, but, you know, you can maybe hear your call or see, you know, whatever, like, all these multitasking kinds of things, um, yeah, I think definitely. Then maybe it's a different kind of product. Like then maybe it's as a you know as a VR chilling at home kind of thing. It's 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 probably good and, and good for what for that use. Um and yeah, hundred percent. I, I I can see it being attracted to like a certain target market for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. What 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 what? You're a gamer. What what do you jam most of the time? Uh, that that's a good question. I I play a, a bunch of different games, like, but I like like more story, like narrative kind of games, like like you're watching a movie but you're playing a movie in a way. Um, so I like I like God of War for sure. God of War is is, is probably one of the the top there for me. Um, I like two K obviously, two K. You gotta play some two K. Um. I also like playing like other sports games like Madden and FIFA. Of course, you have to play FIFA. Um, but if I had to say some of my most favorite games, um, hundred percent Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've checked that out. That's Bro, that. That is literally a, a masterpiece. I hear you. I actually actually have it, but on PS Four and. Ish. Bro, play it. <laughs> I I will I will, ish I will okay I will. It's because like I I keep one of the best PS4 games. That's what that's what everyone says ever. It's like I'll play. I don't know till what point, and then I'll stop for like, eight months, and I'll be like, oh yeah, let me jam that thing again, and then when I play it again, I have to start from scratch, cause like. Memory got corrupted yeah. again, and I'm like, because it's like yeah. the the whole scenes where you're like you're going between missions, like yo, it takes forever, dog. It does. Yeah, it does. so that's it's like, Eesh. but I will, I will though, I will though, I I, I'll make it a point this year to like finish it. I'll make it a point this year because yeah, like every, sure. one... everyone says it's like at the top, bro. It's like, bro, like like that's a that's I don't even know that's like a grown man's game, like that's. It's, it's something else for sure. Like especially, I, I know you also like like Tarantino like kind of movies and stuff. Um, I don't want to say it's like down that road in any case, but it is a very like, it, it's a movie. At the end of it, you actually think a bit like you're like damn like that's that's something. Um, similarly, I don't know if you've played The Last of Us Part Two. No, actually, I I watched 
the first season of the movie and I, of the series and I heard the series is based on the game so I haven't jammed it yet yeah. but but I will say I enjoyed those games a lot as well like that's my favorite genre of gaming it's like this, mm, the story narrative yeah. you know like your GTA is like I enjoy the hell out of those yeah yeah it's just that with Red Dead yeah, those are with Red Dead it's just else. I don't know I think maybe something would come up that I'd need to like yeah, I don't know. I need to, I need to jam it though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely like a it, it grows on you in a way because I I can see why people are like because I know people play like the first mission and it's like it's like what if, what is this because mm. I think you're like in the snow and something yeah and like, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem lit yes yes but yes it's one of those yeah it's a, it's a slow burner it's definitely a slow burner but like twenty percent through maybe even just like after like three four missions it, it's definitely improves. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think what I like is is the, I don't want to say the moral complexity, but basically the yeah, the moral complexity. Like it's, it 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 challenges challenges you in that way, and in a way you don't think it actually counts, but everything in that game is kind of like connected. Which is like I'm like Rockstar, games as like a company. They they are crazy, bro. They are, they are like legends at this thing. That GTA Six is. It's going to break the internet. It's going to break everything we know as, as normal, in terms of the game world. I agree with you. I agree with you because I mean, they gave us an Andreas man, and GTA Five. It's like, Bro, come on, man. Literally, come on, man. What else? What What else do they need to prove? Alright, dude. Last question. If you had a billboard and on it you could pe- put a piece of advice that the whole world was here to see, what would it say? You know, a lot of things you just you just about taking it one day at a time. Like you, every day is a battle in a way, and a lot of the time you're battling yourself. Shout out David Goggins. Um, and yeah, like you just really have to do it one day at a time. Like every day in a way, it's about like fighting yourself one day at a time. Um, yeah, and yeah, you just have to beat yourself every day. Alright, Mr. Jock, thank you so much for jumping on. Appreciate, appreciate the insights you've given, bro. You've, you've dropped so many gems, dropped so many gems. And everything you were saying about how to get into the software dev game, it's taking notes, it's taking notes, you know what I mean? So, alright, my brother, thank you so much. You've dropped so many gems and insights. From the world of Megatronics to gaming to friendships to the Nitro Boy unforgettable parties. Oh yeah, now thank you so much for <laughs> like borrowing me your time. You know what I mean? And a hundred percent now you know this, brother. So much you know this. Now we'll absolutely have have more chats, especially around the whole like entrepreneurship space and stuff and how as a young african in tech what role are we gonna play you know because you know existence is the role of the dice and what are the odds that we were born into the families that we were hence granted the opportunities that we've had because very much so we could have been born under very different circumstances without access to any of these because i've met brilliant people that just didn't have the opportunities that I've had. So it's kind of 
a responsibility for us that we're granted those privileges to see how we can like help everyone else and the idea that you had um regarding the whole quote-unquote uber for doctors bloody brilliant man bloody brilliant so we need more of these bro because there's this one vince staples like lyric that plays in my head every single time uh when i'm driving through the hood and it's hanging on the corners is the same as hanging from the ceiling fan where like he's just chopping about how like in any hood you see you'll just see like dudes just hanging on the corners you know kind of aimless not really knowing what their next mm-hmm. move is and we tend to like look down on people like that through ignorance but you kind of have to understand that they were dealt a different hand you know they didn't get to like go to that school or meet that one person or like have that person in their family that like put them on to like just the way of thinking so i just do think that it's our responsibility just as dudes in tech to actually give back in a sense even if it's building a company that makes a billion dollars but i can help people you know what i mean we deserve it but i'd name my brother 